into a new series called The Voice. Hearing God over the other noise. Gordon's, I'm going to kick it off this morning, and Gordon's going to come and, and finish it up. And so really this morning is, is an intro to get us ready, get our hearts, get our minds, get our ears open to what the Lord is saying. So a few months ago, our youngest, Hallie Mae, little four-year-old daughter of ours, went through a time of just being scared. She thought bad guys were going to come in and take her. And this wasn't just some kind of made-up thing. In her mind, this was reality, and it was imminent. It was going to happen. And so we tried to reassure her. We put her to bed. We'd pray for her, and then we'd go to bed, and I remember one night as I'm drifting off to sleep, I hear the little pitter-patter of feet coming down the hallway and into our room. And in my ear, I get, Dad, I'm so scared. Bad guys are coming. And so I get up, and I take her to her room, and I hug her, and I pray over her, and I'm thinking, yep, Dad of the year, check, prayed for, showed her that God is God. He's bigger than the scary guys. We're good. So I go back and I lay back down, probably about maybe 15, 20 minutes later, again, this time with a little crying, Dad, I'm scared. So I get up and I take her back to her room and this time I rock her for a little bit and I sing to her, of course her favorite song, Frozen, let it go. <laughs> it comforts her. So I put her to bed. I give her a kiss, and I go back, and, you know, maybe an hour or two goes by, and then I hear wailing and crying, and she's there again. And so I sit up in bed this time, and I look at her, and I said, baby, don't be scared. Next time, just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, right? It was three times, and I was telling her, it's going to be okay. Now, I really didn't say that. I, I got up. And I took her back to bed, and I laid there with her, and eventually it was a night of pretty much no sleep, right? But one thing I know, I love my children, and I'm going to do whatever it takes for them to know that no matter what, I'm going to support them, I'm going to love them, that I want them to hear me. I want them to feel my presence. I want them to feel comfort, and I want to talk to them. Preferably not three in the morning, but I want to talk to them. I want them to know that I'm here and that I love them. We serve a God that feels the same way about his children. He wants even more for us to know that he loves us and that he speaks to us. And there's a similar story found in the Bible. In 1 Samuel 3, we're going to focus on this morning. Let me set the stage before we get there. Hannah who becomes Samuel's mother, cannot get pregnant. She wants children so badly. And so she goes and prays, and God answers her prayer. And she had said, God, if you just answer my prayer, I'll dedicate this boy to the temple. And so when Samuel gets old enough, she goes and, and, and takes him to Eli the priest, who's, who's serving at the temple. And Eli and his sons were the ones that were, were making the offerings and the sacrifices to the Lord. But Eli's sons were not like Eli. They were full of wickedness and greed. And so reports came to Eli that, 
Your sons aren't like you. They're not doing the right thing. They are living in sin. And so Eli goes and rebukes them. But they don't change. And so God sends a prophet to Eli and says, because you honored your sons above me, I'm going to remove your family from your duties. And so let's pick up here with 1 Samuel 3.1, because Samuel has come to live under Eli. So we're in Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli was almost blind by now and had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard or had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. Once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called Samuel as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. (laughs) Imagine if you spoke to your spouse, but they didn't speak back. Or you spoke to your children, you talked to your children, but they never talked back to you. Now, some of you guys are smiling. I don't know why you're smiling. You know, that might sound good every once in a while, but there's going to be a loneliness and sadness that only that relationship can fill. And our God wants to have a relationship with us that is both speaking and hearing. We speak and listen to each other as people and as children of God. It's interesting in verse 7 that it says that Samuel did not know the Lord yet because he hadn't gotten a message from him. Now, maybe Samuel knew who God was. Maybe he knew the Lord, but he really didn't know him. And God is now saying, Samuel, it's time. It's time for us to get to know each other. So the question this morning, this is point number one in your outline, Have you heard God speaking to you? Have you heard God speaking to you? I love Samuel's response. It is, speak for your servant is listening. In the English Standard Version translation, it says, speak for your servant hears. And in the message, it says, speak, I am your servant and I am ready to listen. I'm sure he was not prepared that night to hear the voice of the Lord. That's why he went to Eli, because it was probably easier. He wasn't expecting maybe the Lord to call him. So why would he recognize that voice he had never heard? So maybe the question this morning may not be, is the Lord speaking to us? Maybe the question should be, does God speak to us, and how do we recognize his voice? How do you recognize the voice of God? (laughs) How do we recognize any voice? 
a parent recognizes the child's voice, right? And a child will recognize its parent's voice. But how do we recognize? Our senses are so powerful. I have a little experiment this morning I want us to, to do. I'm gonna, we're going to play an audio clip, and you can't see who it is. But you're going to hopefully recognize it's the famous people. Maybe you'll recognize the voice there, and then I'll have a reveal. Okay, so you're listening for the voice, and then we'll have the reveal. Go ahead and play that first voice. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. Okay, if you didn't guess it, that's Martin Luther King Jr., right? I have a dream. All right, let's go to that second clip. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me. Okay, if you didn't get it, that's... Adele. All right. Okay, let's go to our third one. Are you ready? But I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> I don't want to be a cowboy. Okay. For all you Seinfeld lovers out there, that's Jerry Seinfeld. I don't want to be a pirate. All right. And final one for you this morning. See if you can go one. for it. Creator of the heavens and the earth, Alpha and Omega. All right. You get that one? Morgan Freeman. Of course, that's when he played God and Bruce Almighty, all right? In fact, many of our teenagers think that's what God really looks like. But just like you could recognize a lot of these famous people's voices, I'm telling you this morning, we should be able to recognize the voice of God in our lives today. If you don't hear anything else this morning, hear this. Our God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one we call Father, the one that came to earth and died for us, conquered sin and conquered death, now lives and reigns in us, wants to talk with us. He desires a relationship. He longs for his children to hear his voice. We serve a God that is so creative. If you don't believe me, just look around this room this morning. Look around and notice how different everybody is. Look around and see people that you know. We have different interests, different hobbies. Right? We're created uniquely and different. Just look around. I don't judge, but look around at each other and see you're all different. Now think about how God created this world. It looks different. Texas looks different than Colorado, right? Our ski runs are not as long. The weather is not the same, right? Our God is creative. In fact, when Jesus came and healed people in the Bible. He didn't do it the same way. There were times that he spoke healing. There were times he touched people to heal them. And there were times he made little mud patties, right? Out of spit and dirt. Our God is so creative. And the same is true with how he speaks to us. How he speaks to his people, how he speaks to his children. Just in, the pa in this passage in 1 Samuel 3, Eli didn't hear or recognize God's voice. Because that's not how God chose to speak to Eli. So let's, we're going to look through some different ways this morning of how God has spoken to his people throughout history. The first way, as we just talked about, is God has spoken in a direct and audible voice. In 1 Samuel 3, we read that God actually called Samuel and spoke to him his message. He had a very specific and a very, very specific purpose and reason for Samuel and his life. 
And he wanted to make sure that Samuel didn't miss it. He needed to speak directly to Samuel. Another way God has chosen to speak to his people is through a burning bush. Remember in Exodus 3, we read that Moses was walking along, tending his sheep, and he sees this bush on fire. But it's not being consumed by the flames, and he walks over. And then he hears the voice, and it says, Take off your sandals, for where you're standing is holy ground. And then he reveals his plan of freedom for his people and Moses' role in that. God also uses prophets and other people to speak for him. In 2 Samuel 12, God calls the prophet Nathan to go to David. See, Nathan had become an adulterer. He had become a murderer. But he was hiding that sin, thinking, no one knows. I'm okay. I can get away with it. And God is saying, no, David, you're better than that. That's not who I created you to be. And so he sends Nathan to come and convict him and bring God's message to him. You know, I believe that, that I've spent 12 years at First Colony and, and four years here at Preston Crest doing ministry with, with students and families because I had, I, had a, I had a friend at ACU that said, you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. I had a lot of people speaking into my life saying, you know, you have a gift. And they started telling me the gifts that I have. And it started revealing God's plan for me. The ministry and the career that he was setting up for me. But he used people to talk to me. One of my favorite stories in the Bible about how God speaks is when he used a donkey. In Numbers twenty-two twenty-one, we see Balaam. He's going off to curse the people of Israel. And he's riding his donkey, and his donkey three times veers, and finally lays down, and, and so Balaam gets up and he beats the donkey. And God opens the donkey's mouth to speak. And what's so funny to me in this story is, is Balaam is not surprised about the donkey speaking. He actually has a conversation with the donkey. Because he knows God is God. And God can use whatever way he wants to get our attention and speak to us. He can use that way. And so Balaam eventually goes, yeah, I'm going to submit and I'm only going to speak what God wants me to speak. God also speaks through visions. In Acts 10, 9 through 16, we read, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon. He was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. It's incredible that God would use a vision of food and Jewish law to tell Peter that my grace extends not just to the Jew, but to the Gentile. That my grace and my love and my salvation goes to all the ends of the earth. That God's children reach beyond the Jewish nation. It's also interesting that the Lord has never chosen to use food 
illustrations on me. I guess he knows that I'll probably get up and eat before he gets his point across. I think another amazing communication style is the finger of God writing on a wall. Imagine you're having a feast with all your friends, and out of nowhere, a hand appears and writes a message of destruction on the wall. Well, Daniel comes and interprets the message for King Belshazzar. And the king decides, well, I'm not going to submit to the Lord. And so the king is removed, right? He's killed. Much like a vision, God also speaks to people in dreams. In the same book, Daniel, in chapter 4, we see Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he doesn't understand it. Daniel comes and interprets that dream for him. And the king had to start going through that dream being lived out in order for him to remember, oh yeah, God is God. He's the ultimate king in this world. But Nebuchadnezzar, unlike his son, submits to God and turns and restored. God also can choose to use our circumstances for teaching and training and ways to speak to us. You remember the story of Jonah. God comes and tells Jonah, I, have a, I, I need you to go speak to Nineveh. And Jonah says, no, I don't want to do that. And runs away. And thinks, okay, I'm safe. I'm on a boat. I'm going the, the opposite direction. I'm safe. I'm good. And God shows Jonah, no, I'm the creator of the world. And I've got a message for you. And so the storm comes. God sends this storm. And the captain goes below and says, Jonah, wake up. Ask your God if he knows what's going on. And so Jonah immediately looks at the situation, the circumstance he finds himself in, and goes, I know what God's saying. <laughs> I can't run from him. I've got to go and do what he's calling me to do. So God used the storm, the circumstance, as his teaching and speaking method. God also uses our prayer time to speak to people. In Luke 6, 12, it says, one day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Jesus was great about going and spending time with his Father. God often uses prayer as a two-way street. You see, Jesus knew that, God, that it wasn't just a time for him to go and tell God what he needs, tell God what he wants, what's going on. It was a time for him to go and also listen. Many times we assume God is only listening and not speaking when we're praying. But the question is, do we leave enough time, space, energy to hear what God is saying? And it may not come across in an audible voice in your prayer time. But you may have thoughts or subconscious feelings or something that comes, comes on you that lets you know God is answering my prayer. He is speaking to me, but we have to stop and listen in our prayer time, not just tell him and then check it off. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9, Paul says this. He says, three different times I begged for the Lord to take it away, right? He had this thorn in the flesh. I prayed, I begged for God to take it away. And each time he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is all you need. You see, God answered Paul in his prayer time. 
Our prayer time is important, not just to speak, but also to pause and to listen. Sometimes we walk through life, and God speaks to us through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 16, 6, it says, Paul receives direction from the Holy Spirit. Next, Paul and Silas travel through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. You see, the, the Holy Spirit was saying, yeah, Paul, you want to go there, but it's not ready for you. I'm sending you here. And Paul listened. Have there been times in your life where someone, maybe someone's come into your mind, or maybe they've come into your path? Maybe that's the Holy Spirit putting someone there for you to pray for, to text, to reach out to. So do we listen to those promptings, or do we just keep going through life. God also spoke to us and to his people by becoming one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. John says in John 1, 1 through 5 and 14, he says it this way, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and unfaithfulness. And faithfulness, sorry. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. See, I hope you're starting to get the point this morning. I hope you're getting the point that our God really loves us. Our God is not done with us. Our God speaks to us. I love how Jesus is referred to as the Word. Coming down, personally speaking to us, to rescue us. The same Word that spoke creation into being, came down, became like one of us, and spoke to us. Finally, in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. God has always used Scripture, His word, to speak to us. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's not just a history book. This is not just a letter of love. This is God's way to speak into our lives. It's not just a message of, well, that was great back then. No, God is saying, I'm still using this. That my word is alive and it's active and it's useful to teach and to train you and to speak truth into your life today. Will we listen? Are we hearing the voice of God? You know, we've talked a lot about how God worked, how God interacted with people throughout Bible and throughout history. But the question this morning is, do you still believe that he speaks to you today? I don't want to get into a debate of what God can and cannot do, what God will and will not do. God is God and can do whatever he wants. The question is, did you hear that? Does he still speak to you today? Does he have something to say to you today? Some of you may be sitting there saying, yes, we spoke this morning or I had a dream last night. 
Some of you may be saying, he once did, but I don't hear the voice anymore. And some may be sitting there this morning going, I've never heard the voice of God. So why don't we see God at work at times? Or why don't we hear his voice at times in our life when we go through certain seasons in our life? Gordon's going to cover this later in our series, but I want to touch on just a few this morning of things that get in the way of us hearing the voice of God. The first, I believe, is busyness and distractions. We live in a time where we are so blessed. I mean, we have every social media site you can imagine to keep in contact with the people that we like and even keep in contact with people that we don't like. We have sporting events. We have Netflix and jobs and tons of other extracurricular activities and entertainment. These are all good things. But if they're not kept in check, they can become God things. They can become idols in our life that drown out the voice of God. When is the last time you stopped and just had a cup of coffee with the Lord? Or maybe you're not a coffee drinker, so have a Coke. When's the last time you sat with friends or family and both spoke and took a time of devotion to both speak and hear from the Lord? We do a Bible study and, and prayer time uh, most nights as, as a family, uh, in our family. However, there are times that I think, man, it would have been better for me to not have been there tonight because I rush through it almost as if I just need to check the box so I can check that box of, yeah, I'm a spiritual leader at home. Look, we did our Bible study. Look, God, I'm trying. Check. Instead of taking time to let my kids hear the word of God or hear a devotional thought and to wrestle with what God is speaking to them. Am I stopping long enough in the busyness and the distractions to push myself aside to stop and to hear God's voice? My mom would always say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. But I'll tell you, Sometimes I've chosen to be bad. Sometimes our sinful desires and our sinful living can keep us from hearing God. We can get caught up in a life of sin, much like David found himself caught in a life of sin. And just like David, sometimes we're pretty good about pushing that sin down and putting those church clothes on and a smile and walking around going, hey, how are you? I'm great, great. Instead of coming and really receiving maybe the healing that we need to reach out to those around us and confess and to purge that sin out of our lives and to listen to God. We need to let him remind us of who we are and whose we are. So did you hear that? Is God speaking to you? Can you hear the voice of God? Many times, we have big decisions and sometimes small decisions that we go and we ask the Lord for guidance. In fact, I remember uh, a story of a, I had a, a girl who was a senior in my youth group at First Colony and, and, and she was just so stressed out. And she had these two great choices of a college to go to. And, and so she came to me one day and we'd been praying it together. And she came to me one day and she goes, okay, I know where I'm going. I said, where are you going? She goes, I'm going to ACU. I said, great, how'd you decide? She goes, well, I was driving down the road. And this car cut me off, and I look up, and it's got an ACU car decal on it. <laughs> I knew that was God saying, wake up, you're going to ACU. 
Well, two or three days later, she came back to me, and she's kind of all distraught and kind of shoulders all slumped down. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I don't know where to go now. I said, why not? She, I said, I said, you're going to ACU. She said, well, I was. And then I, I started talking. To, I met some people the other day, and, and they're going to the other university. They went to the other university that, that I was thinking about going to. So maybe God put these people in my path that, that now I'm supposed to go to this school. See, she was thinking God, she had to hit the, God's will was a bullseye that she had to hit. But what if God's will is more of a path and not a point? If you're walking with the Lord and you're spending time getting to know him and building a relationship, you'll find that there are times that he opens and closes doors. There are times that he says, there are two or three great options. And he's saying, choose. Just choose. Because I want you to walk with me, to obey me, and the rest will work itself out. And that takes a lot of pressure off of a decision, doesn't it? If it's about walking with the Lord and less about trying to find the exact right thing to do. So hop on the path and stop looking for the point. Ultimately, God is near. And he wants to be heard. God is near. And he wants to be heard. I have one final clip this morning I want you to hear. You're probably going to be able to pick out the voice. And maybe you'll even know the movie that it's from. But one of the things I want you to do is listen to what is being said. You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. Remember who you are. You are my son. Man, maybe it's time for us as God's people to remember who we are. Maybe you need to hear that voice this morning. That you are his son. That you are his daughter. You are the beloved. He loves you so much. To remember who you are. Don't let the world tell you who you are. Don't let it define you. Don't let it tell you what you're supposed to accomplish or what you're supposed to achieve in this life. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. That you have a voice from God that is speaking truth into your life in the midst of all these other voices. And we've got to drown that out and hear God's message of love in our life. This morning, my prayer is that you're convicted. I was this week as I wrestled with this. This morning, you may be convicted that you've not given your life to Christ, that you haven't been hearing his voice, or maybe you're hearing it and he's calling you home, calling you back to who you were created to be. If that's you this morning and you want to put Jesus on as the Lord of your life and be baptized. We're ready to receive you this morning. I'll, have, I'll be down here and one of our elders and we'll receive you. You can say yes to Jesus, Lord, and put him on in baptism this morning and start a new life. But maybe you're, you're just not hearing the voice of God right now and you want to hear it new and fresh. You can come down and we'll pray for you over that. Or you can find someone right around you, either family or small groups. Um,
but pray together. Or maybe things are going great right now for you. Great. Go find somebody else and pray blessings over them. Pray and speak truth into their life. We're in a year of reaching up at Preston Crest. And we're calling all of Preston Crest to reach up to God in prayer. This morning, however you need to respond to hear God's voice, respond now as we stand and sing.